I'm Richard Dodd, and you're listening to the Ecology Academy podcast. This is a show where we get to talk and learn about all things ecological, including interviews with top ecologists, both employers and employees, those working with ecologists, and also aspiring and inspiring career-seeking individuals setting out to make a difference. The show aims to provide you with insights, advice, and inspiration to help you succeed and excel as an effective ecologist and to make a real difference to our natural environment. Hi there, and welcome to the Ecology Training Academy podcast. I'm Richard Dodd, and in this interview, I've got an exciting guest with me today. So um, Jake Jones is here to talk about his personal journey and, and offer advice in becoming a full-time consultant ecologist. Now, Jake graduated from Cardiff University with a degree in zoology in 2016. After several years of working as both a seasonal ecologist and subcontractor for a variety of different companies across South Wales, uh, he's attained a permanent position with Wardell Armstrong. Now, Jake continues to train in all ecological fields, but has an interest in bat survey related work, especially those at historical or cultural building sites. So, Jake, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Richard. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's good to be here. Yeah, not from at all, not from at all. But yeah, first of all, clearly, congratulations on your successful uh, position with um, Wardell Armstrong. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, really good news. I've had a lot of. Congratulations recently, friends and family, and yeah, just people like yourself, yes, <laughs> it's yeah. really exciting time. No, it is, it is. I, I think, um, you know, as um, any sort of, um, you know, seeking, getting that first position as a mm. you know, permanent position, I think is, um, you know, it's a great achievement. And uh, yeah. yeah, you should be really proud of yourself. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for coming on to the podcast. So we're going to discuss sort of your journey. So um, I think in the first instance, just tell us a little about um, about that journey. So in terms of your the challenges you had but um up until that point let's talk about how you got onto university and a, 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 your zoological degree yeah I'll, I'll start quite early on i guess i you know through school i always had an interest in animals I kind of first wanted to be a vet um knew i wanted to do something kind of you know nature with animals like that um so when the t- yeah the time came to it um, i was picking my degrees picking my university saw zoology i was like yeah i really like biology it's got that kind of a link to uh, animals and things so went with that um i suppose in in looking back i can see that kind of ecology started coming to it in my second year at the time i didn't even know this but i did kind of a, a coursework thing on what i called the time was uh, the urbanization of animals and this was just kind of um yeah, just animals coming, um, using, you know, cities and integrating with our society. And um, so, yeah, looking back, I feel like that kind of, and then the infrastructure, I feel like that is kind of that ecological link there. But I think it was in my final year where I started thinking what I wanted to do with my degree. Um, and that's when I noticed ecology. I, I, I knew a few people who, um, who were in ecology. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's really practical. I like, I like that because I, I at the time, I'd only seen um, zoology as kind of this vast kind of or vague kind of conservation kind of, I didn't really know how to apply it practically and seeing ecology, you know, um, the construction sites and the mitigation, I, I saw how it all fell together and I was like, right, that's what I want to do. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, so after, after university, I... Well, actually, before we, before we get, move off there, so <laughs> okay. go, go back to, because uh, uh, I think there's a little bit of similarity between uh, yourself and uh, uh, um, 
uh, and me it was in terms okay. of so you want to be a vet so what what changed yeah. you, what changed your mind uh, you know what was it uh, um I, I will be honest because well I did do some work experience as a vet and they all told me don't go into veterinary just just become a dentist you get paid twice as much um, for the same amount of work yeah. um and obviously it's it's a very long um degree yeah. and I also hear about yeah it's so long and, and yeah, and I, I think there was someone um, a couple of years above me and um, she got um, all A's and all A-levels, you know, that, that star pupil, and she struggled to get into university um, to, to, to do veterinary. And I was, I was just like, wow, that, I knew it was difficult, but I didn't expect it to be that difficult. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was just kind of a, a, a very practical and just, you know, I had to say, you know, you know I, it might be too difficult for me, so... Yeah, I will admit that. I, I wouldn't say, you know, this is my second option, not at all now. I, now that I look back, I'm definitely happy that I made, made that swap, you know, um, when I go What's into the, that. I'm sorry, uh, what, what A-levels were you doing? You, uh, uh... Uh, at the time, yeah, I was doing biology and chemistry. Um, and then I was also doing psychology and I was doing the Welsh Baccalaureate um, Advanced Diploma. Um, so I, I felt like I had, yeah, the biology and chemistry was was... I knew I wanted to do something with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I must admit, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly older than yourself, Jake. I know, yeah, I know, I know, I don't look it, but I am. Um, uh, <laughs> in terms, uh, yeah, because I, one of my first career options was going to be a veterinary surgeon. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I grew up on a farm, and we had animals all the time, including yeah. pets of our own, and dogs and cats and uh, budgerigars, canaries, uh, goats. <laughs> I think we were in the record book. My sister was in the Guinness Book of Records for one point, very early point. He probably actually didn't <laughs> go into print, but um, I think we had the most kids born of any goat in, in, in the world. Apparently, I'm not yeah. sure about that. I think it's just what, a local story. What year was the first edition? And again, was it, when did they start? I, I might, I've got quite a lot of them myself again, but I think 2004 was the, or 2005 was the earliest one I had. But. Oh, right. Okay. Well, this is, yeah, this this is going back to the 1970s. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so pre, maybe even pre the books themselves. And then, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have any of those A-levels, you see. So, it, I, hmm. I mean, it sort of scuppered my career. I mean, it was one of those things I always wanted to be a veterinary surgeon, but um, right. never quite yeah. managed it. So, so mm. yeah, I mean, and, and another thing in, in common, obviously Cardiff University um, and zoology. So I, I studied that too. So how did you find Cardiff University? Yeah, um, great. I'm quite surprised actually how many people who studied zoology actually went into ecology. It seems like a very, very strong transition. I've, 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 I thought I'd, um, people who'd go into ecology would just do ecology because that course was available in the School of Bioscience at Cardiff. You could do biology, ecology or zoology. Um, so, yeah, but I, I really enjoyed Cardiff. I felt like if, yeah, very high standard of education, nothing negative to say, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, um, I knew I wanted to do, you know, that, that conservation field work in my final year, and I, I chose more of the and they offered a very nice opportunity you could choose more um lab work or that more of that field work survey work which which i thought was very nice because they knew that people who were in that kind of zoological biological field there is quite a big divergence then at that point do you want to go into more lab oriented work or more you know environmental work yeah 
Yeah. So let's so you're at your final year at university, and mm. uh, you said you're coming to the awareness now of the you know the ecological yeah. field. Um, were you aware mm. of ecological consultancy work at that point? I, I don't think so. Like it wasn't strongly advertised to me. I I kind of saw it as a practical approach, but especially as like a multidisciplinary consultancy kind of involved with the engineers, I definitely didn't see that yet. I hadn't looked into it enough, but. Um, yeah, I thought it would be more like the independent construction companies would just hire. I thought it a lot. It'd be a lot more independent um, ecology. So I hadn't looked into it fully. Um, so yeah, c- coming out of university, then I I I was still looking around. I'm still a bit unsure, which so what is were you why. For? What what sort of career were you looking for at that point? I think. I was looking a lot with things like the the wildlife trust, kind of getting involved with um, conservation and. Um, mixing the surveys in with that. Um, I went for a place at Bristol Zoo, actually, um, which obviously had that kind of zoo work, which I, I, I didn't mind. It wasn't what I wanted to do the most, but at the same time, they were doing um, some survey work with badgers and immunization of badgers based on uh, social networks. Um, so I thought, oh, that's got that, that link. And so, yeah, that's kind of the, the vague like, idea I had at, at the time. Um, so that's why I went to Plantasia in Swansea, which is kind of a indoor tropical rainforest slash zoo. Oh yeah, um, I know that. Wild, I know that wild, yeah, it, it it was very run down. They they have very <laughs> recently um, done it back out. So I I would recommend people to go check it out again when yeah if they're back in Swansea. It's, it's, I think it's a nice uh, kind of project I suppose to, to support. Um, you know, yeah. some people in our field are perhaps against zoos, but. I kind of appreciate the the conservation aspect of of that zoo that they have. I feel like it has a perhaps a greater benefit than than other zoos, which is just oh come look at the animals, be entertained. But this has a, a lot more of a conservation approach, so I, I think it's a nice difference. Great, yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to revisit it. I think it's it's been quite a few years since I went to. Uh, <laughs> I think I, li- I lived in um, lived in Swansea for a few years, and uh, yeah, been, it's been there for years. Yeah, uh, but, but I've been a, been a few times, and as you say, it wasn't the. It, it, yeah, it, there were, I think it was I, paint yeah. peeling. There was like, it was just rust. It, it, and beam yeah, it, it was it wasn't great. I mean, they they were run by the council. They have been since the start. Um, but I believe they have recently been bought out by a private company. I think. And also the Park Tawi area where the it is has all been renovated. Um, so I imagine it is probably quite a lot nicer now. And I, I actually very recently spoke to a colleague I worked there with. And she said, you know, yeah, it's looking a lot better now. All, all the same stuff. But but yeah, yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Lots to go back there. Um, <laughs> okay. So you've left university. This is in 2016, yeah? Is that, is that correct? Yeah, 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 that's right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then... <laughs> Several years of working as a seasonal ecologist. So, um, explain that. So, how did you come about with that then? So, what? How did you find out about um, seasonal work and what? Yeah. So, yeah. During my time at Plantasia, I was I was looking right. I was just an intern, not getting paid. I need I need a job. Basically, I'm I'm looking out. I knew about ecology. Um, I guess I was typing in yeah ecology South Wales, and that is when I came across a few companies, and obviously Wildwood was one of them. Um, and then I, oh, actually, I don't think I came, now that I think about it, I came across, um, Alex's, um, like kind of, she had her own website at the time. And I noticed she did a project with one of the lecturers at Cardiff University, um, a bird one. 
Okay, so this um, Alex, yeah, from from our company, yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 Alex Wilson, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I went and contacted her about potentially getting involved with ecology and said, you know, I I know you know a bit about her projects. I her, not necessarily her project, but something very similar. I learned at the university. Um, so yeah, I, I was looking around, kind of more ecologist web, um, ecologist private websites rather than ecology company websites to kind of. Uh, directly contact them because I knew if I contact the company, no experience, I don't think I would have got anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I went more of that personal approach. So contacted Alex about getting involved with college and I went, she just said, yeah, we've, we've got some um, back surveys you could potentially get involved in. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this is great. That's exactly what I want to do. You know, that I would survey that's that field work. That's it. That's what I've been wanting to do. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. So Excellent. Yeah, in 2017, then I started doing uh, that series. You guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's one of these things that sometimes people say, "Oh, you know, you know, you, you were lucky to actually find that sort of work." But um, clearly, mm. you went out your way to yeah, call or email Alex, and uh, you know, responding back, and th- yeah, you know, that connection led to a, n- a different sort of area going down. You know, a different yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I do. Yeah, I definitely think like luck has a, a bit of involvement and obviously who you know, but you can definitely go out there and, the, you know, ecology is becoming, you know, a pretty, pretty big field. And a lot of ecologists have their own kind of little projects or their websites where you can reach out to them directly. And I feel like they're always, you know, happy to help and they understand, you know, they want to be bringing in new ecologists after each, each generation because they're so passionate about their job. When they retire they don't want their job to end you know you know they want they want it to still be there yeah. um so, so yeah i think it's definitely worth reaching out to them uh, privately taking interest in their in their work and their projects yeah I mean, it is. And I think that's one, you know, one thing that's, um, you know, it's important to get across is that, uh, you know, don't sit down and wait for, you know, job to come up, you know, yeah. yeah, the jobs obviously come up, you know, a job application um, uh, advertisements and you can apply for mm-hmm. that, but there's other routes you can go down as well. You know, yeah, I, I definitely recommend like obviously applying on, on the sites, the job sites, but when you're starting out, definitely um, contacting them directly or, you know, taking involvement in their more personal projects and getting that connection with them. I think that is a very valid option. And good way Excellent. to go. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, great. No, great advice. So let, let's, let's, let's have a look now. So you've done a couple of seasons. So what sort of work were you been undertaking then? You mentioned bat surveys, anything else? Um, yeah. So first year with you guys, I did the bat surveys. Um, I think what was very nice is I also got the opportunity to do um, reptile surveys and even though it was it wasn't too many reptile surveys and it was just one different species, I think that was quite important in attaining work uh, different work the next year, um, because I feel like a lot of companies do bring on people as just bat ecologists rather than ecologists. And I think for applying next year, just having that I've done some reptiles, it really showed that I've kind of entered the field of ecology. I'm not just someone who looks at a building, looks looks for bats, and then goes home. I've kind of got into the field. So especially when starting out, it's nice to, obviously bats are a good way to start, but it's nice to build up that experience with um, other things. Um, So yeah, next year I applied for uh, permanent um, uh, seasonal positions. um, So not zero hours anymore. um, So full-time non-permanent positions. um, And then I was successful at Mark McDonald. Yeah. um, And 
survey wise they they were they were very good there was a lot of variety um so pretty much any type of survey you can think of and it wasn't just doing one or two it was a lot of hours of a lot of variety of surveys it wasn't just bat surveys so i think that was very important um and where was that with was that a was that cardiff or was uh, it cardiff office uh, M- mcdonald yeah um so yeah um so obviously the bat series, but it wasn't just dawn dusk emergence. I'd also do uh, transects, crossing points, backtracking, um, ground level tree assessments, building assessments, bat analysis. So even with the bats, it's it's a large variety. And then I would do art on Warville, um, badgers, um, bird and barn owl, phase one, hedgerow assessments. Um, and again, not this wouldn't just be one or two series. This would be count of all these varieties. So I was very happy about that that they provided us that opportunity. There, they didn't just hire bat ecologists or yeah, you know, it, it was it was a really good variety. Yeah. And were you working alongside? Uh, was it was it? Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, obviously just yourself. But um, was it a team you were working with, or was it um, you had one line manager? How, yeah, how we, we we. I think it was. Probably a team of around 12 ecologists, half of which were seasonal. Um, but then when we go out site, um, on site, there would be a few permanent members of staff out with us. Um, so a lot of the time when I was doing these large variety of surveys, I was also shadowing, shadowing people with the relevant licenses like Dormouse surveys, um, people who are very experienced in the field. So again, I'm not just doing the surveys, I'm doing them correctly, I'm doing, I'm doing them well, um, and I'm learning a lot more. Excellent. Yeah, that's brilliant. So um, I suppose that's taken you to, is it 2018 now or 2019? Yeah, that, so that would have been, let me think, that would be the end of 2019. End of 2019. Which, yeah, so Plantasia would have been 2017, and then starting with Wildwood, 2018, then 2019, Mark McDonald, and then, um, so yeah, one thing I would say with Mark McDonald, even though they offered me that, Good variety of survey experience um in terms of kind of um you know uh consultancy experience report writing um they didn't really there wasn't that much there yeah, so yeah. i still needed that um to progress in the field so that was something i started to look for in terms of courses um i was looking for a lot of courses at the time um report writing preliminary ecological appraisal courses which i did with acorn ecology so during this time where I'm working through ecology. I'm also looking for courses in between. Um, I think that is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then at the start of 2020, are we I know yeah, it's this year. Years, it, it seems so long because it's the longest just, years on record. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got another seasonal position um, this um, with Thompson Ecology. Um, but unfortunately, because of the COVID situation, um, they couldn't keep my contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point I had to go out sub, um, subcontract and again, and this time I knew that just sticking with one company and doing those surveys, it wouldn't be, I didn't want to take a step backwards. Something I've always been focused on through my journey is always step forward. So it's gone from start, start in ecology to having that, um, you know, uh, non-zero hours and then this year then I was like right I either want to get something with you know consultancy uh, mitigation or report writing experience or so or uh, a permanent position um 
Yeah. So, oh. There's a couple of things there I'd like to go back on. So in, uh, yeah. in one way, you, you, oh, sorry, you mentioned about not going backwards, you know, always driving forwards. So where does mm. that, where does that sort of um, quality come from? So where, where so what drives you then? Um, I think just the, perhaps the fear that if on my CV, they saw that I wasn't constantly moving forward, they would perhaps be like, oh, why, why has that happened? Um, so I felt like I, I just had to, to get that permanent position in college. I felt like I had to be constantly improving each year. And there was a fear associated with that. Um, all the time I would be like, you know, what if this year I can't advance? Um, you know, I'm always, you know, I, I need to do this to advance. Or, and it does play on you a little bit mentally because, I, you know, especially over the winter when there's, there's very little ecological work unless you've already got a position, you do start to question, um, you know, obviously this is what I want to do, but can I make it? Um, it have, have I hit this wall or will I be able to progress next year? Um, so, yeah, I, I just feel like I, did, I have to keep moving forward if I want to make this a permanent, you know, yeah. position for me for the, re for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it comes from um, a sort of um, an inward self-motivating point, really, of, you know, of, you know it's, it's, it's a quality of yourself. It comes out um, then, really. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the not, not, not wanting to, I suppose, not let your... I suppose not let yourself let your degree go to waste and yeah exactly that yeah that progression you made for the past couple of years you want to it was kind of yeah the the fear of that 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 pushed me I I you know I was like maybe I should just start looking for something else so I was like no my it was the passion for ecology yeah not when my degree and my time you know I've put money into courses I've put time into these courses building those connections I didn't want all that to go to waste so yeah. even though it's it's taken me three years um I I just I knew I had to, had to keep going. And I think thankfully for me, one thing that helped a lot with that was that my family supported me. They were behind me the whole way. You know, they understood that, you know, getting into ecology does, does you know, you do need to do a bit of that volunteering. There is a bit of that zero hour work. Um, so I think that is definitely what really helped me as well as a support from my, my family, yeah. I think absolutely right. I think, um, you know, I mean, you know, for those who have, a support mechanism shall we say you know to, yeah. to fall back upon i think it is vital to actually keep you keep you motivated you know that you're on the right journey even just someone just to say yeah you know ca you know carry yeah. on and uh you know if there's any you know it's it, having that i suppose yeah comfort blanket well it's not a comfort blanket but support mechanism <laughs> behind you yeah yeah so whether it be friends or family i think it's important and, and Equally so, then, you know, for those people who don't have that, you can see how difficult and challenging it may be. And it has to become really from you then, it has to be driven from, from, um, yeah. from self, really. So, um, great. So we're, we're into 2020 now. And uh, yeah. yeah, obviously March hits, hits into COVID. Yeah. Getting that subcontracting work. And then, so... Let, let, let's talk let's talk about obviously the last few months then so we're, we're, we're in i'm recording this in early october in 2020 so what's tell, tell us what's happened so how did you come about you know what's happened in the last month the lot so the last month so september yeah um i've well i've i suppose yeah i was still just doing the, sub, the subcontracting through the year which i picked up at the start after i was let go from thompson's um, and I noticed then the work was starting to dwindle out as I obviously expected over winter. And I was like, 
right. I have I haven't really. I feel like I ha- I felt like I haven't made that. I might have perhaps take a step for well because of the the COVID. I maybe allowed myself an excuse. Okay, perhaps I haven't really moved forward this year. Um, but that is quite a lot to do with COVID. Yeah. But I suppose part of me was like, no, that I don't want to use it as an excuse. So I suppose over the last month or two, I made a very strong push, um, making those applications, um, you know, really selling my cover layer, my CV, um, trying to get involved in a lot of um, courses and sign up for those. It has been very difficult because of COVID. Um, some companies aren't recruiting normally. A lot of courses are canceled. It has made, you know, the last few months quite difficult. Um, so, yeah, um, but then how did you find out about the job with um, Woodall Armstrong? Was it was it advertised? Yeah, it was it was advertised online. Um, I was checking very regularly, and I, I found the position, and it did sound quite promising because they were also recruiting two ecologists at the same time. Mm. So and so I was like, you know, that's basically double the the, the chance. Yeah. Um, Which, so yeah, I, sorry, Jake. Uh, and where did you find out about these? Um, advertisements as well were they online or was it an uh, email a lo- I, um no i i use a lot of um kind of uh, uh job vendors and recruitment agencies i didn't sign up for a particular i know people say recruitment agencies are very good but i'm not on their record per se i have been contacted by a few because my cv is online um so you know things like indeed and um, i think there's a few other cv library um things like that they can get you in touch with and even though, you know, they might not lead to these opportunities and some companies don't like to use these recruitment agencies or these sites. So you, you can't solely rely on them. Um, and even though they might not get you that job, they do get you, they do typically get you kind of that opportunity to have um, a conversation with the employer or perhaps even an interview, which, so again, it's still that experience. Um so yeah, with Wardell Armstrong, I found the job offer online on I think it might have been Indeed or some or some one of the okay. or maybe just the Google. Yeah, yeah. Um and obviously I went straight into their website, found out about the company and you know, one thing that there was a few things that you know appealed to me about the company. Um I liked how they kind of had that mining and minerals background because a lot of other um multidisciplinary consultancies were a lot more about like kind of construction, which which they still are, but um you know, I saw they were more like, kind of just, I thought it was slightly different, but also something familiar. Still got a Cardiff office, still my disciplinary. Um, they talked about on their website doing things, surveys on things like archaeological dig sites. Um, so something a little bit different to buildings, um, which again, they still obviously do a lot. But so yeah, that's kind of what I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this this looks, looks, <laughs> this looks good. So yeah, I, I went ahead and applied then, yeah. So it was like, um, so it was, how did you apply for something in terms of, was it an application form CV or anything, any additional um, items required? I think, oh, I can't remember. I think, I'm trying to remember here. Yeah, see, yeah it's a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because it is about a month. Yeah, um, I think it might have been, I think it was a small application form, not one of those ones you get really in-depth ones. You know, if you apply for council positions, they really want those competencies really detailed. It was it wasn't one like that. Um, I think it had a small application and then a CV and cover layer alongside that. 
Yeah. And how did you prepare your seat in terms of your CV? Because obviously, you know, there's small application form. So they must be relying a little bit more upon the construction of a CV and the cover letter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is it something you've sought advice on or is it you've just honed your CV and cover letter over the past few years? Yeah, I've definitely, I, I've definitely just been honing it over the last few years, just constantly tweaking it myself. I know there's a lot of help for CV writing online. Um, even free ones, people will say, oh, send out your CV, we'll look at it. Honestly, I've never actually done that. I think that, that probably is a mistake. I, I would always advise just to, to you, you might as well, there's nothing to lose. But I have just been tweaking mine over the years. I'm quite, people have looked at it and criticized that, but I, I, I feel like it's mine. I kind of just... <laughs> I, you own it. <laughs> yeah, it, it should be appealing to the people viewing it, but I, I like it. It's my, I, I don't know the side I feel like. So I have obviously been updating it, tweaking it, adding all my new skills and um, the new courses. I'll add them to the CV, but the structure of the CV has been quite the same for a while. Um, and that kind of... Sorry, sorry, Jake. So in terms of your CV, for this application particularly, was it something you... So you edited specifically for this this job application or is it was it a general cv you submitted i, I will admit my laziness to cv and cover <laughs> ryan here um no my my cv i keep the same for almost all applications i might tweak a few things to prioritize in terms of the skills i might move things around or in the career experience i might add like at a certain job i might add something that i did more or, but the structure seems stays very much the same. Yeah. And for the, the cover layer, again, I will admit the laziness. I do kind of have a cover letter template. So for certain, so yeah, so I would have a very similar structure. Um, and I would maybe edit the first paragraph and the last paragra- paragraph to suit the company more. So perhaps at the start, I will open up in the cover layer saying, um, you know, I understand you take part in so-and-so-and-so and and then add something quite specific and relevant to that company just to show that I've researched the company, I have interest in that company. Um, But the middle stays um, pretty much the same, which, again, is very lazy and probably not the best way to do things because, you know, the more specific you are and when you're sending out all these applications, making a specific cover land CV for every application, it is quite a lot of work. Um, so yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, 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 I totally agree. With you. I think you need a, a system in place, and you know whether that be, you know, you've got your standard, I'd say, standard template, but it is, mm. you know, tweaked for each, you know, that I've seen yeah. quite a few. We've had quite a few CVs come through or uh, applications come through where they've actually put the previous employers name on there and so um hold on i like a bit of attention to detail and strangely those don't get through <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i can certainly appreciate that having like a template there you know if, if it's mm-hmm. you know, that middle section it's strong it's robust it's got yeah. all the information that an employer is looking for yeah mm-hmm. and then you just as you say just you know, just um make slight alterations to make it a little bit more personal mm-hmm. to um, yeah yeah i think yeah, it's just polite too you know you don't want to i didn't like the idea of sending something identical that I sent to another company I mean so I would always like to tweak it a little bit but I wouldn't say completely manage you just being really kind of spending so much time on your CV and cover letter for every application I don't know if I mean I wouldn't say it's it's a negative but I don't know I feel like there's quite diminishing returns on how much that is going to help you um one thing I will say though is that 
within the last six months, I also worked on something that I just call it a career summary, which is kind of part of my cover letter or perhaps me working on a new cover letter. Um, but because I've started to work for a variety of different companies doing a variety of different surveys, I kind of just made a separate file. So that didn't fill up all my cover layer. I made a separate file that kind of just lists the companies, lists all the surveys I've done, how many apps, because some companies like to know how many hours of particular surveys you've done. I'll just list that in. So I would I was starting to send CVs, cover layers, and then the career summary. I don't know if that's something people do, but I was like, I feel like that's useful information. You know, it might not be the standard thing, but that was something I did start to do. So perhaps that had some positive impact on me yeah. attaining the job. Yeah. I'm well, absolutely. Because sure. I think, um, you know, being, being an employer, you know, that we, we you know, get so many CVs in, you know, um, mm. I, I, you know, at the moment it's not every day, but it's certainly every week we get <laughs> a, a few CVs coming yeah. through. And the ones that do, you know stick in our minds are the ones who as you say have a summary there so one that actually captures your attention some mm. ones that are actually a little slightly different but in a good way um, yeah so we have a look at those a summary and it's also asking so if, if it's just on like an on spec uh, speculative cv that's come in you mm. know you want to know well, well what is it you want you know is it just yeah keep your cv on file okay that's easy i can keep your CV <laughs> on file. it's not a problem there yeah. it goes it's in file but if, if you're asking to be updated on any jobs that come available so that's mm. actually you know a call to action um it, it, you know if there's um, any particular work i can get involved with shadowing so mm. if, as you say that that little summary at the start yeah concise to the point and actually have a point <laughs> you know yeah. so you know, if you are seeking a permanent position say so or if you're seeking mm. voluntary experience or shadowing on for between August and September, say so. I think that's yeah, absolutely. I, I will say that from my personal experience on that, the, the issue I had, sometimes I wouldn't be very specific on what I wanted. Um, that was kind of just out of fear of either selling myself short or perhaps losing out on a particular opportunity. For example, if I sent the CV and cover letter, I was like, I'm looking for, a, do you have a permanent position? Do you have a job available? Um, and they they don't, but perhaps they did have some, um, you know, one little project where they wanted a little bit of assistance on, or perhaps even volunteering, they might just say no and exclude me from that. Um, and then the other way around, if I would say, um, I'm looking for um, volunteering work or perhaps some subcontract work or a full-time position, they might say, well, if he's willing to volunteer and subcontract and perhaps he's not ready for a full-time job or perhaps he's not experienced enough. So yeah. that was kind of my dilemma was that is like, what level am I at now? Am I, am I at that level? So that's sometimes where I would be a little bit vague with what I specifically wanted from the employer. But I think, again, investigating the um, the, uh, the employer is, is very important. You want to look into the company, look on their like their team page, um, you know, see what projects they've got available. And perhaps then you can gauge what what's what's the best thing to request from them. There. Yeah, so that's, that's what I would say. Excellent. No, those are great tips. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of you're absolutely right. There's you know so much pressure when you submit your CV, especially even on spec. You know that you think about what you know what what response. If am I going to get a response from this, and mm. you know do I should I follow up of it? You know in a week's time, two weeks time, or just let it yeah. go because they're so busy. There's yeah, it's quite awkward. 
yeah, there's obviously a lot of anxiety out there. Mm. In terms, but, you know, I would say that, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but from what I'd like to see in a CV is that, um, you know, a question's asked. And I can, I can totally relate to the fact that, oh, well, if I ask for mm. a position and there's none, but I've got a voluntary one, I may not hear about it. Yeah. But that first paragraph is really the hook. It's a hook to get, to get our attention. Yeah. And if you've got our attention, then we go on to the rest of the CV. And you yes, and it could, it could be that you caught me on a good day. Uh, because, um, yeah, that's, uh, okay, we haven't got a permanent position, but I like the look of your CV, and I'm not going to just file it in, you know, this this, well, yeah. this cabinet to my side, which looks like I've got, it's got a, a lot of other, <laughs> love, love of it's a waste in, shall we say. <laughs> um, of course, I recycle, and that's just, you know, I don't reach. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's it, it, you've caught my attention, I'm going to put that in a different place. So, you know, I've got a, se- a separate area where I actually keep CVs or, or people I'd like to contact mm. if a position does come up or we have an abundance of work, we can call mm. them up and see how they get on. So, yeah, yeah. get the hook, but also, um, you know, the rest of it has to follow. It has to be what, being true. What day would you say more your good days? Because sometimes I would avoid sending too late on a Friday where they're, <laughs> just scuttling on the final report just want to get home or yeah. maybe the monday morning where they're like i i am i do not have time for this so i that's think perhaps a very good question big, that's a very good week question. Ones. <laughs> yeah well i suppose you know in one way i mean if you're into marketing you know they, they, these are all the sort of tests that people do you know they'll, they'll say well yeah. okay if you submit something on a monday say how it goes something on a tuesday um Likely, so yeah but I don't think there's, um, I don't think I monitor, I don't think I, it's not one of my, what's known as key performance indicators of um, where, um, uh, uh, how I quickly respond to uh, emails. Um, but I suppose if it's in the height of the season, I probably have less time to actually review CVs. Mm. Um, we've probably yeah. recruited. So round about, so it was actually now, so October through to around about February, March time is a great opportunity to do it. I don't think there's a particular day or a time to send one in, but yeah, yeah, perhaps, um, yeah, yeah. And but I, I, I would, I would also follow through um, uh, or follow up, should I say, with a uh, maybe a reminder, just to say, I sent this email um, mm. two weeks ago. Um, I know, I know you're extremely busy. It's, can, yeah. can you just tell me whether or not there is a position or you know if, any further information you require so um it's it's it seems pushy but i think you need to do that yeah you know yeah. because uh, i may have forgotten i may i mean believe it or not yeah. i may have forgotten about that cv and i've forgotten yeah. to file it in my special place <laughs> so um it's yeah. like that with a lot of communications like sometimes i'm, I'm afraid like if I'm borrowing them, like, did they, did they see that? I mean, they could have missed it. It does happen. So I think it, it probably is always worth checking, you know, don't really be afraid of you being a nuisance or whatever, because yeah, I, I think it's probably always best to yeah, What's going to happen. They yeah. ignore you. They ignore you. Yeah, they ignore you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, you've been ignored once. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah it's oh, not well. ignored twice. It's, yeah. 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 But, that's true. Okay, that's great. So, I mean, you've given us some great tips in terms of um, so your journey there. So, mm-hmm. in terms of, I mean, let's look, it's 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 Friday. Um, it's the is it what's the date today? I've got to break anyway. But Monday, when do you start yeah. work? Is it is it next Monday? Next next week at all? Mon- yeah, Monday morning. Um, yeah, going in for an induction. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So they have got all the paperwork through. So it's run yeah. through. So in terms in terms of how do they contact you, um, Jake? <laughs> 
don't you have to give me full details, but how do they contact you? Was it by um, email? Was it by phone or um, SMS um, message? Or... Well, for, offer me the position. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, um, I, I mentioned about the, the call Friday where I, I missed it over the weekend and I had to wait till Monday. Um, and then another thing. So yeah, another bad like thing happened was um, mon on Monday, um, I had the congratulations from um, one of the people who interviewed me, but somehow those were in my spam folder until Wednesday when she, she called me on Wednesday as well. So not the best of starts. So then said to be the offering congratulations. I had to wait for the weekend to confirm that it, it was actually them offering me the position. And then um, about three days, there was just, um, you know, congratulations and all induction um, info just in my spam folder, which obviously just didn't look, <laughs> look ideal. Um, but yeah, they, they, they gave me a call very quickly afterwards. So it would have, I had the interview Wednesday and then they were calling me then Friday um, afternoon. Um, so I imagine I left a very good impression. I feel like that is quite, they did say we'd let you know next week. So obviously they'd let me know the Friday. So quite, quite a quick response there. Um, but I didn't find out for sure until the Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a bit of a stressful um, yeah, time then really. Yeah. So I know that's it. I mean, I think that's the reason why you know, as an employee, I think we know we always, always, you know, if you've got the position, I think it's usually that you do have to talk to someone <laughs> rather than rely yeah. upon a uh, an email coming through. Because clearly, you know, it may go straight into that spam folder, and it's not. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's not clearly not your fault. It's just your, you know, mm. whoever. Yeah. Whoever net, you know, email it's one provider. of those nine things. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose one thing we have missed, and I, I, mean, mm. I don't want to go into full detail with it unless you want to, but in okay. terms of your interview preparation, was there an interview, and how did you prepare for it? Yeah, they, they um, mentioned an interview and I think I had about a week to prepare for it. Um, and they told me the two people who would be uh, interviewing me. Um, they were both um, associate directors, which was a little bit intimidating because I've typically, when I've done these kind of um, ecology uh, position interviews, it would be perhaps a senior ecologist and then a starting ecologist or perhaps a principal ecologist and then just an ecologist. So you'd have one kind of senior and then maybe one less experienced. Um, so this was two very experienced people in, in the field, which so I, I was like, I really need to prepare for this one. I was expecting some really difficult questions, um, especially, you know, ecology-based. I was thinking perhaps even ecology-based ones rather than that, those standard interview questions. Um, so yeah, the, the preparation, um, um, yeah, I, I, I did a lot of research into the company. Um, I mean, I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I would do a lot of research into the company. Um, standard interview questions would all be, um, I would practice all of those, um, just kind of in a Word document question, then my answer. Nothing too in-depth because you want, it, you want it to come across as fluid. You don't want to seem very robotic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those standard questions. And then I was also refreshing and topping up my kind of ecological knowledge. So kind of nothing too specific, but kind of um, broad things, you know, like uh, what other, you know, uh, companies or um, associations of ecology, you know, like SAIM or the JNCC, or like so things like that, I would top up on that um, and kind of refresh what I've done over the last few years, kind of like this discussion, kind of, always be prepared to remember, you know, what I've done. Um, 
but yeah, I didn't, I didn't do, I, I, I'd say I only spent an hour kind of on, on the questions because I, I like to be quite relaxed and fluid during the interview. Um, I, and I also just, I kind of just thought, you know, you, you can't, you can't prepare fully for an interview. There's always going to be that question where you can't prepare for. So, and if I kind of stressed about, you know, doing all the, the questions and preparing too much for it, I feel like that might even go against me. So I just did a very, um, relaxed and kind of just try when I don't want to say wing it and just say no, I did no, a, no. a very lazy approach but <laughs> I did kind of think that a little bit to relax myself yeah. um so of course I did do preparation into the comp make sure you find out about all the company um you know number of employees you know the officers um and perhaps being a little bit disingenuous like really looking in and trying to like find out things that you perhaps maybe not that you really like about the company, but things that stand out from other companies that perhaps you, you don't have to say you really like them, but you can just say to them, oh, that stood out to me. Um, you know, so yeah, in terms of pressure, that, that was it, yeah. That's a great one, really, because uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I know from being, uh, now, now we're all, we're all, I think we're all vain at some point, uh, really. So in terms of actually, uh, you know, stroking that ego of uh, an employee, I'm not saying you did, but uh, it is yeah. it's finding common ground because people, mm. you know, people relate to people. And if you can get, if you can be liked, I think it's been, you know, so you, you're known to them um, because your CV yeah. and your cover letter and application form. So they, they sort of, you know, know you a little bit. Then they get to like you. Uh, and that yeah. comes across during the interview stage because you can, you, you, I don't think you can like someone from a, a CV, shall we say. Uh, yeah. Not, not because it's a, you know, I, I, think, I think you have to see someone face to face or like this over a Zoom thing. But yeah. um, so you got no, then like, and then after that, you build trust. You go, do you know, I think I can trust this person to yeah. take those surveys on behalf of my company. Um, and I think they're a safe bet. So it's uh, no like and trust. I think that's what you need to build. Yeah. And one thing to note is like for me as well, this is my first um, video um, interview. I've always done um, an interview in person. And that's one thing that worried me was uh, previously, I've always done very well in interviews. So one thing that really worried me was, am I still going to come across as friendly um, or trustworthy? Like you said, like it, it is very important. Like, am I going to be, is it going to be, because one thing was like with the camera, like, do I look into the camera? Do I look at it? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's new and weird. Um, so, and I was just setting up all my webcam and thing. And I was downloading Teams and Zoom onto my personal computer because typically I would just have a work laptop with all those on it. So it was something completely new for me as well. It wasn't, you know, even though I've been preparing interviews and things over the last few years and taking part in, this was slightly new. That's interesting um, because, um, you, you know, you're saying it because obviously we are, um, as well as this audio recording, as the podcast itself, we're yeah. recording this over, over Zoom itself. Um, mm -hmm. so, so you're absolutely right. So, you, you know, I think for a meeting, for instance, I don't think it matters too much about, um, because you're probably, you know, as we have experienced over this year, when we're actually having a meeting we're probably looking at um the other person's face on on the on the screen or even or more than likely yourself yeah. on the screen <laughs> itself and rarely very rarely do we look at this tiny quarter of an inch button yeah. at the top which is the actual lens <laughs> but, uh, you know it, it, yeah. so, so looking away doesn't work for video 
And then, but if it is recorded like this is, you know, that's the reason why sometimes yeah. you have to focus upon that quarter of an inch dot to make yeah. an impression, you know. So yeah, well. especially if people say, "Oh, eye contact is so important in interviews," and I'm like, "But yeah. there's no eyes to look at." Yeah. So yeah. it was, yeah, that was something like prepare. I, I set up all like my my desk and made sure the lighting was good for the camera and just kind of position the camera where I and just try to think, you know, make a habit of occasionally looking into the camera. Do, give that impression of eye contact, I suppose, yeah. Fantastic. And how, how long did it go on for? And how long was the interview in total? Um, I think about 40 minutes. Um, Pretty long, think, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think it was intended to be, I think maybe, I think they said half an hour to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought that, I thought, oh yeah, an, an hour would definitely be quite long. So I think and I went through the questions quite quickly. Not not that I didn't say enough, I'd say I'm just, I'm quite a quick speaker. Um, so yeah, for forty minutes, yeah. But I mean, during interviews, they they, they don't feel fast here. They they do fly because you just you just because the nerves and things, I suppose. But um, they do. But yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. I mean, I mean, um, let's have a look. I, I I think in terms of the questions, then just just um, were, were there any questions that were asked you? You thinking, oh blimey, you know, uh, yeah. Either, you know, I, I've really prepared for this. I've aced this one. I know exactly what I'm going to say because I've prepared this. And yeah. equally so, were, were the questions going, yeah, I didn't prepare for it, but you had something to, to say. Um, so what was the most challenging question? And, and see, equally so, I, what was the most... I don't want to come... Easy? I don't want to come across as... I, I was really happy after the interview. I felt... Um, I wouldn't say the, I thought the questions were easy but they were easier than I expected um they were a lot more rather than kind of um those challenging questions or perhaps co- um, examples of giving uh, competencies or you know give me an example that they they were a lot more questions like um what what have you done what, what have you been doing or do you have experience with this so they were a lot of just questions I can recall from memory they, they weren't things where I really had to you know, give a strong um, case, I suppose. So um, in, in that regard, it made them a, a bit more, you know, a bit easier for me. Um, so with no questions like, uh, you know, can, can you can you t- can you tell me a time when your integrity was questioned? Or something like yeah, that. oh my God, what? like one, yeah. <laughs> that, was those, yeah. I, I did have, I did have some competencies prepared for that. Um, yeah. You know, and I have less, I, so, for my interviews, um, I have basically yeah, like a template of the standard interview questions, but then I also have the competencies ones um, where give me an example of leadership, give me an example. I have my own over the last three years, I have examples of that. So I guess when you said, was there an example, guess when you asked, you know, was there an example of them giving you a different question that you were prepared for, but I prepared for the difficult ones, but thankfully I, I didn't, I didn't get really any of those competency ones. Yeah. Excellent. Well, well, great. Well, I think we're, we're sort of coming to time, so I don't want to take up too much of your time now. Uh, obviously, we've got to prepare for that induction next week. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, just to wrap up, um, just uh, I've got a few rapid fire questions uh, for you. So, okay. it's a bit like interview. You're, yeah. you're, you know, you, you're very comfortable at interview. So, uh, you know, you should, <laughs> okay, should I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. So, they're very simple questions. So, okay. Yeah. So, if you weren't on this podcast with me, today so what would you yeah. be doing? what would you be doing on a on a friday afternoon um now that you've got a job uh, lined up for next week <laughs> <laughs> so my well in terms of kind of hobbies and things yeah or, or something like that yeah or, or you know it, um, it, it, i 
I'd probably be either just tag. I'm, I've been talking to my friends a lot recently. I mean, some of them are still um, offering me congratulations. I'm also looking to move to Cardiff. So I would perhaps just be looking more at um, flats and things like that. And also because I've, they, they asked me, you know, how, how much notice do you want to give? But because I've been working zero hours, I just said, no, I'm, I'm available pretty much whenever. I did admittedly expect this, like a, a two weeks notice, but they said, can you, ne- can you work next week? So this week's, yeah, I just kind of been the, the rush to get everything sorted before I'm working full time. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, typically uh, if I'm working on Friday, I guess I, I'd just be watching some some movies or browsing the internet, news and politics. Thing, the usual like then, basically. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. Nothing to, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I, I just want to clarify that that zero is on that zero hours contract. It's not with us. <laughs> so no, we, yeah. Yeah, no we, we don't offer zero hours contracts. Just yeah, yeah. clarify that. But uh, okay. Um, I, I'll miss this question now. Don't worry. There's a little bit of a challenging one. But um, right now, this this takes a little bit of thinking. So I'll give you a bit of time. So I'll, I'll stay this one and I'll, I'll come back to it. But mm-hmm. unless you got um, an answer straight away, but could you okay. summarize yourself or your journey in three words? Oh no! Um... <laughs> What's the first word that jumps out to you? Do you think? Um. Or equally so, equally so. So if that one does, you know, I'll give you time to think about that one. You know, we could, we could turn this around to say, what three words would others use to describe you? Okay. I mean, personally, I would still say it was enjoyable. So I'd perhaps use that as kind of to summarize the positive experience. Um I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. We'll we'll skip these. These are uh, these were unfair. I'd say threw these on you completely at the end. Uh, but uh, okay, you're going into, you're going to you go to your work next week. I mean, you can come back. Yeah. To, have you got something? You got you got. Something? I was gonna say yeah? in. Um, I've lost it. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to revise these questions so they they will get better. This is I think this this is the second interview I've done. So yeah, I, I think I'm you know I might even try. No, I, I think it's a, it's a great no, it's a great question. I don't feel bad for asking it. I, I I think those questions I am just very bad at answer. I don't know. I yeah. Yeah, it doesn't lead well. I mean, you need you know you need a bit of thinking time. But uh, okay, yeah. the final question I have for you, Jake, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, if you had to, if you had to choose one ecological discipline to study or to work upon for the rest of your life, um, mm-hmm. what would that be? Um, so you mean in perhaps a particular species? Yeah, or... bigger species or habitat or um, you know you know is it research development? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd pro- probably just the you know just kind of standard um, just bat related work. Bat again, that bat license. That's kind of where I want. I think it's um, very useful, very in high demand. Um, I really like bats. Um, but then, kind of a secondary interest would surprise me is the, the phase one. That would be kind of my backup if I didn't have to pick just one. But um, yeah, I. I I mean, I haven't got enough experience with kind of that mitigation and kind of that consultancy, but I can't imagine that will be my number one choice. I think I really do enjoy that um, outdoor field work. So, yeah, it would be, be something along those lines. Yeah. Great. OK, well, I'll invite you back in five years time to see what those three words are. 
uh, how you describe yourself, how you, however, describe yeah, you. It'll take I'm... me that long to think so that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jake Jones, thank you so much for coming on um, to the podcast today. Uh, wish you all okay. the best for your um, your induction on Monday. Um, yeah. But for now, thank you for joining the Ecology Training Academy. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. It's been, it's been fun. If you enjoy our show and want to help, then please click on the subscribe button and rate us on your favourite podcast player. As that's how you can inspire ecologists in the making, help retain great talent and provide insights of our industry to a much wider audience of why ecology really does matter. Thank you. And remember, learning is a lifelong endeavour. So stay curious, be adventurous and build bridges for others to cross.